Yo, 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 it's your boy J Money Dollars back with another episode of Together in Thought, joined by my beautiful, sexy, bodacious, luxurious <laughs> Mama Sita. What is happening? What is happening? Hi. Taylor Marshall, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> make some noise. T Boogie in the building. Uh huh. Word up. Tell them where you're from. Rock away. Oh, well, now nah, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> well, like, we don't claim her. Um, hi. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So we Look. just, well, first off, I want to appreciate everyone who's listening um, via uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to. And those for you, those of you who are watching on YouTube, we appreciate you and learning more about podcasting each time and every day. And I heard something interesting that the power of podcasting is very intimate. Um, we're we're in people's eardrums if they're listening via headphones. And that's kind of like a close space. Like you're not going to just have anybody, you know, whispering in your ear <laughs> for long periods of time. So little baby, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> or like if they play us like during a commute, like you don't just have any stranger in your car. Right. So like our voices are in people's spaces so we just want to appreciate those who invite our sound bites to their personal bubble um so we just want to jump right into it and not waste any of more of your time so today's topic is you guessed it porn and very triggering very touching subject and i don't know if we should say porn or we should just say corn how people type it i don't know if uh, social media is going to like this language, but hopefully, I don't know. I did my Google research and type in like, you know, porn addiction or how to break free from porn. And those videos seem to um, do well. So we're not making this content for it to be do well or get clicks. But um, I just want to do the research just because um, I just want to see how do you go about talking about sensitive topics without Social media is just assuming that like we're glorifying it or we're just showing new when you just use the word porn because algorithms just take that word and just may just mark your um, content inappropriate. So um, I'm going to just let Tay, you know, probably say a few words because, you know, she is popular for this topic. Some might say went viral for talking about porn. What was it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, I was just OK. I don't even remember the real um excuse me i don't remember exactly what the real was but oh i'm not speaking clearly i think you gotta speak up sorry hold you're on. not so sounding as lovely as before um there we all go all right can See, you hear me better we, yes, okay what's going on <laughs> i don't know i was feeling a little um anyways raise it up okay now I'm can you hear me better side. yeah hear me better now yeah um so last year posted a reel it was just supposed to be a little bit more in like explanation on a piece i did called god's design which was inspired by god's design for marriage and um if you want to see it check it out on instagram or my website taylorjanice.com but yeah one of the reels was just me basically talking about how porn is horrible and it's it's the devil and it's the devil and um it's just like really toxic and got some pushback 
had some people commenting, had like a whole debate in the comment section, which is now in retrospect, I wasn't debating, but just someone going back and forth on like how there's the pros of pornography and, you know, it helps some relationships and, you know, it helps some women and they're whatever. I, I can't even remember the exact argument she was making, but First of all, like you can't really convince someone in the comment section. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Like that's not what my hope is. But hey, if you want to talk about it, I'm open to discuss whatever you want to discuss in the comment section. Um, But yeah, like my stance stays the same. Pornography is really, really bad for us. And I come at it from the angle of someone who watched pornography for a long time. And a lot of it. So. And we're not clearly coming at it out of, out of, we're over here and everyone else that's listening is down here that these heathens are participating in it. Like, like Tay said, uh, we both were avid, avid. I think so. Yeah, I think, um, I think so. We're- porn users and just watching it all day every day at least for um, myself uh since being a teenage boy yeah and i had started progressing like everyone else so starting from like you know pictures and then finding like oh moving pictures it sounds like the the invention of like film of just mm-hmm. oh wow actual action and then channel surfing and landing on soft porn at um on hbo and late night uh, movie channels and stuff so definitely had a long relationship with porn and uh guess we can dive in the in and out in and ins and outs of um how it affected us individually how it affected us while um, we were not we were specifically dating yes when we were specifically dating but when we were dating before like the people we dated before when we mm-hmm. met each other, like how did porn affect us in a whole? Yeah. So individually, like I think the reason why this topic can kind of be a little bit triggering for me. And that's why exactly what you said. It's not like we're coming at it from an angle of holier than thou. You shouldn't do this beating people over the heads with the Bible. Like obviously our faith has to do with a part of why, we're not pro porn, but there's just, I don't know. There's so many other reasons. Even too. outside of faith, I felt like a loser. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like you feel horrible after. Um, but I think like a part of it is because like the triggering part of it for me is I can't really remember a time of not, I don't remember how old I was when I first saw any image, whether it was, a ripped up magazine on the public school park or whatever you know growing up going to a public school seeing naked women in magazines on the park because people probably just whatever um or seeing something come up a pop-up on the computer screen you know with some cousins and it's like whoa what's that you know seeing something on the tv where it's like wait we wasn't we're not supposed to be watching this you know so I don't I don't remember what came first or how old I was I just know I was super young because there's not a time that I don't remember knowing about sex and sexual images and 
wanting more of it. It sounds, I hate to like, you know, say it that way, but there's no really better way to say it. It's like when you first, when you first are exposed to pornography and your curiosity is peaked, if it's not great, Mm -hmm. you know, like God bless you. But, and I know people like that. I know people who have watched porn and it's nothing. It's just like, they don't have any, they have no pull towards it. And that's great. I always remember having that curiosity towards pornography and sex, you know? So, um, I feel like it took a lot of my time, took a lot of my energy, took a lot of my innocence mentally as a child, you know? Cause even like daydreaming, like just, yeah, it's, I, I feel like for that takes your innocence as a child and that definitely should not be. And then also the guilt, I grew up in a Christian household like I grew up going to church on Sunday so it's like all right so I'm not gonna like if I'm sneaking to watch it as a kid it's like okay I'm not gonna watch it like Saturday night you know because you know tomorrow's the Lord's day so like that sounds so bad but I remember kind of rationalizing it and then feeling that guilt like okay you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it again I know like I'm not I'm not supposed to but Maybe if I just do it like Monday through, you know, like just depending on the day. Um, so I don't know. It was a lot of different emotions. Yeah. And for me, I remember probably elementary school of the Britney nudes uh, leak story. Right. And it's like I remember just naively just going on Google and just typing Britney leaks, right? And trying to find it. And I never found it. Um, <laughs> That's not funny. But, like, I feel like we all, I remember the Vanessa Hudgens nude leaks. And it's like, what? Like, why is that even a thing? That's um, That's actually a pretty interesting thing of like, um, I don't want to skip around, but I, I don't want this thought to like me forget this thought. But it was interesting that part of like porn addiction or just lust in general as much access that I had to see a variety of naked women online, you still want to see people that you know of, such as all this whole catalog of naked women. But I, I want to see Beyonce naked. Like, I want to see Megan Good naked. Like, I want to see specific, like, stars that I know of when there's literally access. So that's why, like, I guess, again, just jumping around, I still want to try to have some sequence here, but I didn't want to leave that thought of how much porn just never satisfy mm-hmm. your appetite. Cause you just always want more. Um, so yeah, just starting with Google and just trying to search up like naked women. And I remember, uh, my grandmother had a naked painting. Like it wasn't like naked painting, but you know, it was like artistic. So it was just a black woman with an Afro and like, you know, side boo and a knit. Right. So it's like just being a, boy you're just looking at it and just like i was very crazy that you remember yeah i just have um very very um vivid memories of kind of like how it started and how like that rabbit hole yeah just continues to grow it's just a, a appetite that never is filled yeah so what do you think are the reasons for you why as a as a young boy and then into your teenage years, what do you think are the reasons that you lean towards porn 
and like as a as a young man because i think maybe some some of it is different like for me as a young woman um definitely there's definitely a correlation between like your relationship with sex and your relationship with porn right so knew of jesus like you know watch joel olstein on sundays when my mom made me watch it but um i never learned about the relationship honestly between god and sex so when i when me and my brother would go to brooklyn over the summer so our grandmother's house there was this terminology that i've never heard of before and it's called virginity and i feel like no one knew what that was because let me yo I had a friend that was like, he told me, like, I don't know why I remember this vividly. And it's so funny the older I get because I'm like, yo, we just hype up things that we don't know. I want to tell you this, my friend, again, we were like eight, seven, or like maybe 11, right? That's he a told big me. age difference. I know, 11 but, and seven. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> either way, I, I just want to emphasize how young we were. Yeah. yeah. And for this boy, <laughs> To be like, yo, I lost my virginity to three girls, right? <laughs> Wait, and <laughs> this is not funny. It's actually and it sad. sounded like when you don't know what it is, that sounds crazy. Like, oh snap! But like now I'm thinking about it, it's like, one that doesn't happen unless he had a foursome because he said he lost his virginity to three girls. So that means the first time again, I wasn't putting that together because again, I didn't know what that was. I'm putting that together like later on of like how funny that sounds and how it could be, but it, it was just ridiculous to hear that. Right. Mm -hmm. So just that being a thing, I wasn't like the story of like, you know, um, Lil Wayne, you know, being a father at 12, like I wasn't a preteen exposed to, or having the opportunity to have sex. So discovering porn and, I never saw, I never thought I would have the opportunity to have sex. And I never knew like when it could happen. Um, I As think, yeah, yeah. Like I've had, I probably had one girlfriend, maybe, maybe not. Cause again, I didn't even know what that meant because at 11 when, years like, old. Yeah. Like back in Bayside, Queens, <clears throat> when I was the only black in the school, I, did like a corny letter to some girl and i was like hey do you like me and then like she said yes and like we're dating but we never kissed we never walked again i never knew what it was until probably watching like teen nick shows and understanding like i guess that's what dating is like never kissed on the cheek nothing um so that's kind of like feel like I'm, i was ripe to fall into porn because again, didn't know what sex really was or had the opportunity to even know what it was outside of watching people do it. Um, so I believe that I grew attracted to porn just because the, I have a vivid imagination and you can say like, I like films. So seeing naked, naked women was just very, 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 um, appeasing to me so as the older i get and the more tech i got so it could be also technology i was only limited to like i said late night um movie channels but guess what i'm an older brother of siblings 
and I had, you know, my step pops and my mom, like we were all in one house. So I can't just freely put that on. Right. I have to wait until like three in the morning and like watch it on mute. So it obviously progressed over time when I got my first cell phone, but I wasn't the person that got his first cell phone in junior high. Like all my other friends, I didn't get my first cell phone. I want to say until either freshman or sophomore year of high school, which then led into more actually, yo, as I'm just thinking about this, I did have access, not to my phone, but I use my Nintendo Wii. And once the, the, the Nintendo Wii, no pun intended, I guess, but, um, gain internet access that just led into like a rabbit hole of it. So I think because, and we can talk about that later too, of just, you know, people who are having sex still do watch porn and still choose to watch porn. But for me, I think because I didn't have the opportunity, like all my peers did to have sex. Hey, I'm definitely just going to watch porn, I guess, until an opportunity comes up. Yeah, but people still watch, even at that age, you're not grown. You can't just be at your girlfriend or boyfriend's house whenever you want. So Yeah, we have people having sex, dropping people like, off. Yeah. You're still, you're having sex, what, once, twice a week? So you're not, you're still watching porn as a teenager for the most part. Um, But for me, I think what was appealing about it was... I guess, as I said, being younger and the curiosity, obviously it's attract. Well, not obviously not to everyone, but if you're attracted to it, you're attracted to it, you know? Um, so that's it. That just starts the continuous, uh, the continuous spiral of it. And then when I was more consistent as a teenager, um, middle school, high school, it was kind of like like an escape in a way not really an escape from life but and I've heard it now like even as adults where people are like you know women are like self-care for women you know we got to try to make it a little bit more pretty guys are just like oh porn Mm -hmm. you know get my nut off and then you feel disgusted like now you come and you feel disgusting with women we got to like make it all pretty like self-care and self-love and I'm just loving on myself and I have my like dildo collection or whatever. I don't know. Um, Not trying to like, again, I'm not trying to like look down upon it because I was, I was on the bus of pornography and all being pro all that. But I think that's kind of where it was coming from, where it was like very self-love, very like a um, self-love, self-pleasure, you know, trying to like, seek that pleasure pleasure and especially being more of a kind of being a type of person that is a little bit more introverted it was easier for me to just spend time by myself and kind of indulge in that you know fully and freely and there were moments where like it felt good to do that because it it feels like it's very much a self-care type of situation and then afterwards, it doesn't feel so good. Um, so I think that's a part of it. It also, in a way, I think can can help you to feel temporarily. I don't know if this is the right word, but maybe like powerful in a way. Um, like you kind of imagine yourself 
being in the role of whatever it is that you're watching and it feels like um sexually liberating or sexual freedom but of course that's false it's very temporary and it's not real so I think that's kind of what drew me into it and kept me kind of like I don't know if I could use the word addiction but kind of addicted to it for for a good amount of years um and I say that because it's very consistent even outside of just the religious part of like I don't advocate I'm not an, a porn advocate even now I don't think that it's good for us um personally like just in general for human beings like I don't think that it's good for us and in my faith I don't think it's good but um I lost my train of thought for a moment <laughs> I was saying something um dang addiction um there was a point where it was it's like an everyday thing and um oh that's what I was gonna say so I heard someone say recently like you're you're free to do something if you're free to not do it something like that um it was actually Joseph Solomon who's now not a Christian anymore but besides the point and he was kind of alluding to um Paul from the Bible where like even things that are not a sin like drinking for instance like you can have a drink you're just not allowed to like you shouldn't get drunk right so if you're not free to not drink then you shouldn't drink that's that's kind of the difference right the mm -hmm. same thing with like eating like some people eat meat some people don't eat meat for different reasons some people it's a very religious reason or whatever um I think even outside of the religious realm if you're not free to not do it then it's an addiction or can very easily be an addiction and that's kind of where I was with pornography at a young age where I wasn't although now I don't think you should do it at all I wasn't free to not do it and even if you don't think it's a religious aspect, like you could think, oh no, but I could still do it in moderation or whatever. But typically you don't. And I've seen relationships break up horribly because of that Christian or non-Christian. And bringing it to high school where now the opportunity for relationships and it was just very weird. You know what? Even just right before high school, everyone being out where we were in like New York. Just hearing the conversations that my female classmates would have with each other. And it would be like, yo, so-and-so got a nine inch. And I'm just like. In middle school. Not middle school, junior high, which could be the same me. people. Middle but, school was junior high for me. But like seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade. Middle school for me. Um, I'm just like, yo, I I don't got that, <laughs> you know, like I'm cool with where, with what I got, but not like, uh, so like, that's why it's just like, yo, who, who, you know how people will be looking at athletes and be like, yo, who, who be, what, what do y'all be feeding these kids? I'm just, I'm thinking that I'm like, who do y'all be meeting? Like, these are my peers and that person goes to our school. Are you sure? Which is not true. So, You're 12 years old. Like that doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. So and and also, girls don't even know what we're talking about at twelve years old. Talking about oh, he's this big. 
We don't even know what you that know, we're talking sex, about. Sex ed question. What are you doing? Like measuring it? Literally getting a ruler and measuring? <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, you just take the, this is like an inch and then you just, I guess, right? So like, but quick sex ed question. I never understood why the peel of like nine inches when isn't like the the length of a woman's vagina like four inches? Like, I don't see the appeal of such thing like obviously you can break through right, the so now as adults stuff. we know that you want to why are we even having this conversation it's a sex conversation really wanna, i think as adults we know like you want to have a decent size yeah you don't have you don't want to be too small or you don't have to be too big either like but that's the thing of us sense. not knowing like just this wild of this wild obsession or fantasy so like that's where porn put a whole like a whole bunch of pressure because you see all these uh, what all these actors and actresses do because that's you know it's crazy when we when you actually have to refer to them as actors and actresses because literally they're putting on a show and what you what you looking up I can see you looking up what you looking up girl you looking on something crazy no. So why why are your phone in the shot? Because you asked the question. I'm just saying, look at your phone in the shot. It is? Yes. <laughs> Can you see what I'm looking at? Yes. No, you can't. It's not in the shot. Now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. You looking up something crazy. No, right. She's going through her notes. No, but, um, I was looking up um like the size, the average size of a male penis, but it's actually not important. <laughs> it's not even important. It's not. Um, I don't think it's important. No, because you asked the question like, isn't the size of a female's thing like four inch? I don't yeah. think it's four. I don't know. You asked a crazy question. I don't know that question. You know, you know so, the yeah, the, I, I, feel like, the size. I feel like I was like a sex ed question. But like, I don't know. We did sex ed in high school, and were we paying attention? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, I just remember they said you could get pregnant from pre-cum and I was like are you sure that you learned that for, you didn't learn that from me because that's where I learned no, it no I learned it right we both learned it from I'm not going to put her on blast but Miss Blank from Sex Ed yeah and I was like <laughs> <laughs> what because <laughs> I was having you know doing unprotected what doing what I shouldn't have been doing you have protected well you're more you're responsible Yes. You wore a condom when you had sex? Before the, me? Uh, first. Did you have sex? Did you wear a condom? Like, uh, have I worn condoms during sex? Yes. No. Before me, did you wear a condom every time you had sex with a girl? No. Okay. So, and also not advocating for that either. Yeah. We it was it was completely foolish. Yes, I had sex without a condom. Why you think I be singing Jesse Reyes with my whole chest? <laughs> like. The line, I I get the line, but that doesn't mean like. What? (laughs) Just so everyone who ever had raw sex just listened to Jesse (laughs) Ray. No, I no, I didn't say that. Did you hear what I said? I said, "Why do you think I sing her with my whole chest?" Because I was a dummy. Poor sweet Tay. Sorry to call you a dummy, but you were a dummy because I was having sex with a boyfriend. Who I thought I loved, and I was having unprotected sex because I thought that's what you, you know. We just having sex with each other, apparently, supposedly. 
Allegedly. So have, allegedly. <laughs> so I'm having unprotected sex with him. And I would completely not promote that. Again, if you didn't get it, if you're catching on late to the podcast, we're talking about things that we would not promote, that we would not advocate for, but it's our truth and we're being honest about it because um if it helps you hopefully it helps you so if you're a teen watching listening to this maybe you shouldn't i don't know i don't know what age range this is for um but you shouldn't be doing whatever it is that we're saying we did and if you're an adult still doing it then you absolutely should not be doing it <laughs> all right mama marshall um, okay so <laughs> um where was i going with it yeah so I want to like tie in together. Um, so now we're at a point where in high school watching sex to learn about sex. And I learned that it's an interesting fact from a book called the porn trap that porn, whether it was called porn or not, the original intent was for people to learn about sex. Um, so marriage counselors back in the day, if, couples that were having issues in the bedroom you can go ahead and fact check me go ahead go ahead i know i i read too go ahead and read anyway um so they would recommend couples that were struggling to watch videos they are like but i personally believe that they said like porn has transformed throughout the time where porn started as something to learn from but grew into these full-on productions that have now storylines and plots which again doesn't make sense for its sole purpose it's like um the concept that things aren't its original purpose such as why people are have like justify their social media addiction oh social media is good for connections Mm -hmm. yes that's what social media was originally for but now it's but you need to look at it 25 times a day to connect yeah, you, I'm sorry. You, let me check your DMs. But, but let me check your DMs. You you talk to nobody. Who are you subbing? Me? <laughs> <laughs> so throwing shade. Yeah, like the original intent now is like for me to learn, I have to watch whatever plot y'all came up with with some cheesy lines and What's up with creating like makeup and models and uh, surgery, like surgically enhancing women? Like it's grew from what it was, whether you agree with like watching people have instructional sex is right or wrong. Again, I wouldn't personally do it, but that is a big difference from just like instructional sex that is just straight to the point of like, I guess, position. Like I'm only, I only could imagine what it was. If it was just straight, like camera starts, straight positions, all this other stuff to now again, like I said, full scripts and plot and all that stuff. Yeah. In the nude? Yeah. In the beginning, that's what it was. Again, I only could assume in nude. Yeah, like no, meaning like like the people are literally just having sex. There's no storyline. I'm just No, I know. I said I wouldn't do it, but I I personally feel like there's a huge difference, especially with like the evils of man and hence again like fetishes and all these other things storylines such as like you know my wife's hot friend or like my stepsister like again like now you're 
drawing into like narratives now, which again, I always believe things are heart, heart, heart posture wise. So again, it's not about if it was back in the day, just like I said, instructional, it's just a man and a woman. And again, you're looking like, yo, I'm going to try that move. I'm going to try this. But like I said, if you go, if you're a modern person, you're looking at porn, you kind of are looking for an agenda or something like try to get like a kink off that you want to do. Like you can't really do that with a plain video. And I'm not saying you can't get turned off on a plain video, but I'm just talking about literally. No, but, but that's what I mean. I think again, um, it's like what people say with what kind of porn are you into? And that can draw a lot of questions of like, again, like I said, I feel like that's a huge difference from like just plain old uh, instructional sex to like domination. Like it's more than just, all right, they're all porn and it's all the same, which technically yes, but I would look at someone like, and people say like, don't kink shame, but I feel like oh, being well, realistic and just being um, like. No, some things let's kink shame. Yeah. I'm going to be real and I'm not going to go in depth because about all the details, but I was just watching a video today. Um, Shout out Matt Walsh. I know some people have a problem with him. He be saying some stuff Keep that sound kind of, my bad. He be saying some things that come off a little harsh. Um, raise your mic up. Him and the peoples from Daily Wire, but you know, they also be saying some real stuff. And he was just talking about, uh, today I watched a video about, he was talking about kink shaming and, um, I guess I'll just give the example. He was responding to a video that was made this person that was talking about like expressing yourself sexually in a safe way and basically consent in, quite frankly, very perverse kinks, but basically the example of, you know, there's a safe way to, if you desire to basically have sex with an unconscious body, you can have someone consent to that. And granted, you can, um, but this whole thing was like, we're going to act like that's okay? We're going to act like that's okay? Like, there's now there's a difference between consent and still it being very perverse and wrong just because you can still come out of that and feel undignified and like you were taken advantage of which you were and you can consent to being taken advantage of but there's something really wrong with that and i'm sorry i'm i'm not trying to like you know uh come down on people's heads with certain things um with different types of kinks, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to sex, you really have to be mindful of the why. And that's one of the things that um, Matt Walsh said. If you want to check out the video, go to his YouTube. But knowing why, like, why does that turn you on? And it's not to shame you as a person, like, you know, like feel, yeah, feel embarrassed. There's a reason why as human beings, some things embarrass us. Some things should embarrass us. Some things are shameful. And they they should be for a reason. Um, but don't stay in that. Don't stay depressed over that. Figure out why it is that that is a kink for you. Figure out why it is that you want. I'm not I don't want to give any more examples, but why you want some of the things that you want in sex. And if you believe that it, if you can see there's a problem with this. Maybe you do have some inner work to do. And it's not like now we're in a society 
um, where a lot of people just want to accept things and we're in an acceptance based society and people just want to say, yeah, you know, cause everything is okay. And the things that you want are okay. Unless it's something that's really, really bad. And then we're like, whoa, whoa, like, no, that that's not okay. Like that's perverse. That's the R word. But then we say other things are okay. Like we, we have to figure out in our society, like acceptance is not always the wave. And as you were talking, um, it is really, I'm sitting here and like trying not to get emotional because it's really sad. It's really, really sad and heartbreaking what pornography does um, to viewers, to the participants, um, to the women, to the men, like the amount of people who come out of that depressed and suicidal and accomplish unaliving themselves after that um it's just really really sad and even if you're not depressed even if someone can give me an example in the comments no well these people come out and this person watches porn and they're fine and this pornography you know this porn star comes out and they're living their best life that's great but even that's sad if you don't see a problem with it it's sad if you see a problem with it it's sad it's just sad um but i'll get off my soapbox (laughs) I mean, it's like what we talked about with um, fornication, that by the grace of God, we ended up married and flourishing despite. So like, you know, people that do uh, don't end up like sexual predators or end up unaliving themselves from porn. Like, I don't think those are people that you should look up to for as an excuse for you to do it. Meaning like, again, yes, we're not saying all things bad happens if you watch porn. We're just saying, again, as we talk about, like, in different concepts of giving yourself a leg up, and I do, and I don't believe that pornography is a plus positive, even though you just never reaped uh, physically. I think you are reaping it spiritually, but even though you never reaped, like, negative physical things that you know of or just aware of like like i said you never uh raped somebody because you watch pornography because and that's how you throw away all dismiss all these articles and studies that um, correlate um people that are sexual predators and their porn use like yeah so everyone has their reasons of dismissing porn which um which is why porn is so dangerous because one of its trickiest qualities that makes porn so prevalent is that it doesn't have a clear-cut definition every porn is different in every culture every individual what is it what's considered it because porn could just whether it be something that's just on browsers or porn it could be um a spring break film like baywatch right so People won't call Baywatch that. They'll call like it has to be so obvious or blatant. It could be a a triple X magazine, but then some people won't call a Victoria's Secret magazine that. But like some men can turn that. Like if they can't watch porn, all they can do is the best that they can get is a Vicky Secret magazine, right? So looking at women in lingerie, 
that is classified as porn, but let's not call it porn because again, we have to, you know, Vicky secret got to make this money. So we still got to, cause again, their audience is women, but then, you know, unintentionally it is men, adolescent men looking for like some way yeah. to get their fantasy off. And that's all men need because we talked about this before of like, I've, I can't remember. I think you were shocked when I told you that like, you know, men are satisfied since they're visual creatures. Men can be satisfied with just looking and thinking about having sex with somebody. That doesn't mean like they won't try or don't actually want to, but they can be satisfied. Hence you have guys that, you know, this never happened to me, but hearing stories of guys like um, ejaculating just like without doing anything, like they were just so aroused. So that's why any little thing when you're in search, when you're in that mode, like I said, just just a Vicky secret enough. These women aren't naked. They're just in undergarments, but your mind can either try to imagine what's under there or that's all you need. It's just such a powerful thing. And because we don't have a clear cut definition of what it is, then that's how we have all these, this division, all these um, pushbacks and arguments, pros and cons. Here's who can use it. Who Here's who can't. I think it also is like, because you're getting into the conversation of like what it is and that can kind of be subjective. You know, a lot of things are not pornography unless it's labeled as pornography because that goes into the conversation of like modesty and showing, you know, nudity to certain degrees. Um, so I don't know. That's a whole different like tricky conversation, I think. Um but I don't know, even like when you were mentioning how it was originally supposed to be for education purposes, it also makes me think of how when we create a like an allowance for something, like when we when we create like a rationalization for something, the boundaries always pushed. Mm-hmm. We always can create one little the one percenter. Cause it's, it's not used for education. And I've heard that, um, I've heard that with different couples as well. And, you know, I keep moving the mic. I'm sorry. Um, I've heard that with couples and I think, listen, um, if you come away, even from listening to this or you've heard other people, what, if you genuinely believe whatever you do in life, however it is that you're choosing to live your life, if you genuinely believe that, a certain course of action is healthy and good for you, then do it. Like someone else's opinion shouldn't matter. It shouldn't offend you because this is my perception. If you genuinely believe that it works for you and that it's a good thing, then the proof is in the pudding, you know? It should be demonstrated in your life. Mm -hmm. The fruit of your actions should be good if it works. You know, so like, don't take our word for it. If you're one of those people who like believe, no, this helps, it's educational, you know, me and my wife or me and my husband or me and my girl, me and my boyfriend, me and my whatever, watch this and 
It helps us in the bedroom and we connect. Listen, power to you. We're not going to all have the same um, philosophy and perspective on life and life decisions. But as for me, I think that's a very one percenter scenario. And it's like a lot of other debates and conversations that people have you choose the one percent example and you say yeah this is why we're doing it this is why we're helping people um there's other very quote-unquote woke topics that I'm not even going to give an example for or the topics for but there's other woke topics that people give the one percenter reason and say this is why this is a good thing because we're helping these people and you make the one percenter seem like the 80 percent and it's not if we're really talking about sex ed and knowing your body there's people who watch porn for years decades and know nothing about their own body only what they can do for their own body and they know nothing about other people's bodies they know nothing about the body of the opposite sex they know nothing about their spouse's body if you're married if you're not married then i don't know what you're doing but if you're married, there are people who watch porn for decades and still don't understand their wife or their husband's body. So what is it really teaching you? What is it really showing you? You're saying, oh, it helps us in the bedroom. It helps us with sex. You've been doing the same moves, the same two moves for the past five years. So what is it teaching you? I'm not trying to come at you, but you know what I mean? So it's like, let's. It's only teaching you how to satisfy yourself. That's it. And not even how your partner can satisfy you because from just yeah, just a personal testimony, um, I kind of wanted to jump into this topic a little later because I, oh yeah, I, I remember something else, but okay. um, the topic of, it's kind of jump, jump in the order, but how about porn in relationships, right? And for me, I, I heard mixed, um, what is it? I don't want to say mixed reviews, but mixed uh, accounts on this. But like for me, I feel like pornography makes me last longer in bed just because when I was having fornication with you or other people, I last longer. I don't think just because like, you know, it's, it's a trick that men do. Um, uh, spoiler. Uh, I don't know if the man I'm getting kicked out of the man club. I don't care or whatever about this hack but for men to want to last longer they kind of like make themselves nut like hours before they have intercourse with this person so then like how we explain that i guess we can talk about later on like another episode about our growing sex life in a healthy way because i feel like we don't have christian um mm -hmm. peers that talk about it enough because i feel like Sex, they make sex so taboo when I feel like it should be people of faith talking about sex. Obviously not in detail, yeah, but they're not your about the more so the heart, the yeah. heart posture and the mentality going into sex. Mm -hmm. And one of those things being that um, I grew the feeling more of my hand than another woman's body, which I feel like why I lasted long because it just didn't add up where i can have sex with a woman for like a very long time but if i go put on a video and i stroke myself five minutes so like that's what i'm trying to say it's not even like as if it gets longer each time i touch myself five no minutes. it's never 
I mean, I'm not kidding, but it's just funny. No, and it's even so. That's what I'm saying. It's even the example of like you're like who's trying to go five hours? Like you know what I'm saying? It's like when people would um, talk about marriage and like you know, especially Christians when you first get married and you assume you're just gonna be having sex all day. Like, don't be trying to visit your Christian newly married friends. They just butt naked all day long, having sex all weekend. And it's like, um, I guess because like I know there's the honeymoon phase where it's, you know, whatever you want to give newly married couples their space, please do that. Um, but at the same time, I think maybe it's the cultural aspect of being a single man and dating and still being kind of like on the what's the word um like when you're single and dating and having sex not married you're kind of putting yourself out there where um you have to be your best self like you have to bring your best best self to the table at all times including in sex so there's not really a vulnerability aspect to it it's not it doesn't seem like there's real intimacy so now you feel like you gotta last forever all day when in reality, you're married and you have the freedom. Like, I feel like that's one of the joys of being married and having and freely having sex. Because we have the freedom to have sex whenever we want. And yet, we don't have to have sex for like eight hours out the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why we, and I think when you're not married or like when we would, have sex before marriage and you know would fall and all that stuff I feel like in a way we would kind of try to extend the moment even longer because we know once we're out of that space it's like the the depression sets in and it's like oh no we gotta repent you know like you're lamenting ain't nothing like me repenting when I got like none on my thigh lotion on my hand like like as you just I just feel like I look like an utter Fool, no, like swearing to God that I would never do this again when he knows for a fact I'm gonna be back here either tomorrow or next week or six months from now. Like, because I, I went on a good hot streak, like, yeah. it's just nothing more no, humiliating but it, than that. But, like, that feeling, I feel like sometimes you try to stretch out the moment of sin, the moment of fornication, so much longer because you're like, well, dang, let me linger here. Whether it's that you're fornicating with someone else and you're having sex or even that you're watching porn and masturbating, like you're trying to extend it because you're trying to stay in that. You can't keep it for but so long. But I think that's kind of where that pressure comes from. Whereas now we're married mm -hmm. and we can choose to just, you know, spend hours together or we can choose to just like, you know. I'm not saying go quick, but, you know, like, we can choose to be like, all right, babe, we're going to, you know, have some little sexy time. And then we're going to go have dinner because I'm hungry. Who, why are we trying to go two hours? The food getting cold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a different type of freedom, which is really good. And I think that as a single person, and even people who don't believe in waiting for sex to marriage, you're still trying to bring that representative, that best self. You're trying to last forever when it's like, do we women even need you to be lasting for hours? It's like, just you satisfied? I'm satisfied. You know, how many times we got to do this? 
I'm sweating. My my legs are hurting. My knees hurt. Like, um, but yeah. So so bringing it porn into a Christian relationship. Um, so there were times, obviously, where we were dating, and I've watched porn. I don't know about you, but for me, um. Why that was a huge temptation wasn't that obviously, you know, just saying, y'all, my wife's a baddie, but why I had to watch porn, even though at my time, just my girlfriend, Tay, we weren't trying to have sex. So it's not so. No, I did not watch porn. Primarily, like, just because like, all right, so since I'm not having sex with Tay, I'm gonna just watch porn. I was open to the temptation of watching porn because I already was struggling with porn. So I fell into pornography while me and Tay were waiting to have sex. And that's why like now I was caught in a vicious cycle because as we said in previous pods, me and Tay still ended up occasionally having premarital sex. So then my logic was whenever we fell into fornication, it would be all right, it's better that I fell into fornicating with Tay instead of me watching pornography because at least I'm focusing on her and not some strange woman on the internet. And then I will, my flesh will convince me that, all right, I don't want to fall into having Tay because we definitely should not be having sex. So it's better if I fell into porn. So I was just mm-hmm. like that back and forth of yeah. why I fall into porn and leave you alone so we don't have sex or fall into you and again, again rationalizing that it's better to just fornicate with you because at least i'm just conditioning myself to yeah. have sex with you than watch porn yeah and i can relate now like putting myself back in that space i haven't been that we haven't been in that space for so long um and i personally i'll get into like the last last time um years ago but i remember like the last time that i watch porn and like I vividly but I'll get into that but I relate to what you just said because there were moments where it's like okay so we're not trying to have sex and because we're not trying to fornicate because now it's like we're sitting together Mm -hmm. so sometimes I would rationalize watching porn instead not because I actually not because I preferred porn because in reality like selfishly I preferred the real thing so sometimes I would rationalize us having sex because I preferred the real thing. And it's like, okay, as you said, kind of like, okay, well, at least it's, I'm not watching other people and someone else and like fantasizing about other people. But then the flip side was rationalizing in for like as advocating for pornography was, well, I'll just fall myself and kind of like let Jamal, you know, like not bring you down with me. Um, Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling some type of way, if I'm feeling like weak that day, it's like, instead of calling Jamal, cause now I feel guilt about me and you, especially if like whoever initiated, like now I feel like, dang, I initiated. So it's really like partly my fault, which is not like, we're very, we're independent. You hold your own weight. I hold mine, but that's kind of where it came from that guilt. Um, yeah, that was, that was tough. It's very like up and down because you can kind of create an argument for either. And for me, like we said before, when we fornicate, I would just last very long. 
to the point where it like it becomes uncomfortable for you where you know you're getting tired and fatigued because I'm just not coming and I've dealt with that with like my previous the previous woman that I've had um intercourse with of I just wasn't nutting and especially when a woman's already climaxed mm-hmm. like not saying you like obviously you can keep going yeah. but at a certain point it's like I'm good. <laughs> Here comes sex ed. I I thought women can just are just infinite. Like I didn't. I thought y'all could just keep nutting, keep nutting, keep nutting, keep nutting. I didn't know like twenty four hours. I, like I know y'all can come climax more than once, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like it's like how men do it, but like you guys can do it more. Where like there is a fatigue that happens. Yeah. Like each climax that y'all have. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me. There came to a certain point in our relationship that, okay, I have to do both. Instead of bouncing between sins, it's like bouncing with like two reasons, right? Like I should not watch porn so I can become more obsessive with you, but I don't become obsessive with you by having premarital sex with you. I stop watching porn and become obsessive with you. But I also save ourselves because having that respect for not only you, but um, Jesus, it's now putting myself in a mental state that you are worth the wait. And all these other things are just distractions. Mm -hmm. And it was like a good thing. And there was a bad thing that came along with, I did find myself being more attracted to you when I stopped watching porn. And then that obviously fed into the temptation of like, like, like it could be like, honestly, <laughs> it could be like four days of me not watching porn. Right. And like, like say, like say, um, just giving a wild example, um, say we have sex Monday and then say I watch porn Tuesday and say I stop watching porn. And then like, I haven't seen you in three days and I also haven't watched porn in three days. So now it's like Friday or Saturday and I see you. I'm like, I'm looking at you. I'm like, did Tay's butt get bigger? Like she just got, mm, I'm no, no way. Like you just got badder just because I wasn't watching porn. But I know lust was feeding into that and giving the excuse of, all right, we should just try to have sex because she's looking right. Um, But now being in a in a healthy place where saving myself and just completely focusing more um on you i do believe that um comparing so there's two reasons why i think sex now with you is absolutely fantastic and i think number 1 is because we're having guilt free sex and we're no longer having to repent after we have intercourse um but I also think, too, is because of how long I have not watched porn and my and even the outside of the obvious porn, my social media um, etiquette where I'm not on it. And again, like I said, some people will replace porn with Instagram and just again, just looking at baddies all day. Um, my etiquette has groomed me to just like be very very attracted to you obviously i'm attracted to other women but i am very very attracted to you and choosing to be very very attracted to you so now when we have sex it is like 
yo, like I said, I'm I'm getting that same healthy um view of you. Like, yo, my wife is a a, a baddie, right? So um, yeah, I can stop hating, but yo, I'm telling you, my wife is bad. But what I'm trying to like, how I'm trying to end it is that like, I do believe me not watching porn has such a positive effect on my mind because again. I feel like it twisted it where um, I was just so used to knowing how to please myself. And that's not fair to you because I feel like that can draw and just, I feel like this can be other people can relate where your wife, like if you're a husband watching porn, your wife can feel like she's not good enough because she can't figure out because obviously you're not sharing this with your wife. Right. So, like, obviously, she can feel like, yo, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. he's not climaxing. Or you or are like, sharing it, but it's just, like, at the end of the day, it's okay for your husband to watch women having sex on a screen, but he's not allowed to have watch women watching sex in real life. Or maybe he is. Listen, at least, as long as you're consistent cool like power to you but if that's a problem like if you would not be okay with your husband watching grown butt naked woman in the middle of your living room having sex then what makes it okay to have it on the screen in the middle of his living room watching sex like why is that okay there's a problem yeah so maybe you are honest about it but that's still a problem and you're still um you mind me mentioning a quote because i actually wanted to Um, I was trying to figure out like how, cause I didn't just want to say this quote and it's like irrelevant to the place where we're at in the conversation. But, um, so this is a quote from focus on the family.com. It's a website. Um, and it says in the 1950s renowned researcher, Dr. Nicholas Timbergren discovered which markings and color patterns on a female butterfly were most irresistible to a male butterfly. He then constructed cardboard dummy butterflies and decorated them with these exaggerated colorations and markings. What he found was astonishing. The male butterflies actually ignored the real female butterflies and kept trying to obsessively mate with the decoys. Porn is no more real than the cardboard butterflies. It's all built on a lie. According to John 8:44, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. That would explain why this enemy wants men and women to forsake the real and intimate relationship found in marriage and perceive a counterfeit that's offered in porn. Um, and that's the end of the quote. And it's kind of like, even if you're honest in your relationship about your use of porn, whether you watch it together, whether you watch it separately, whether you do both, it's problematic because it creates this ideal in your head, I think, visually and it trains your taste buds in a way your visual taste buds and even like you mentioned instagram like i opened up instagram one day and i was in church and i was like i was like a naked lady (laughs) Um, (laughs) um literally i was like oh my gosh is she naked (laughs) only on instagram um so it's just like just being careful with what you consume because 
obviously we're different than animals. We're human beings, but there's similarities, right? That, that we can't deny. Um, there's similarities between us and those butterflies where like you're training your senses, you're training what you're drawn to. And if you're continuously being training yourself to be drawn to the fake, then you're at some point not going to appreciate or if you are appreciating it, you're not going to fully appreciating. You're not going to fully be able to enjoy what's real because you can say like, yeah, no, we're still good. Our sex life is good. And we just incorporate porn in it to help us. But don't we want the best that we can be? Whatever that is in at whatever place you're at in your life relationally, don't you want the best? And it, it you can't deny that it affects you in some way. If it really doesn't, again, as I said before, cool. But really just take inventory before you believe that. And I actually think um, because we're different than um, we're similar as human beings to like nature, animals and stuff like we can see some patterns. But the difference is that we can think logically. The difference is that we can put these things together and we can have some sort of control and agency over what we allow in and in in our lives and not in our lives um and that gives us even more reason to not have an excuse and that's why pornography not only is it so damaging to us as people who are the viewer it's so damaging to like sex is something that is so intimate and I believe it is something that should be shared between a man and a woman, a, a wife, a man, and a husband and wife. Right. And it's so intimate and it's so beautiful and it's such a vulnerable space to be. And it's such a gift. And we're training ourselves, even and especially if you're a Christian who is watching porn and creating allowances for yourself, you're training yourself to watch someone else in sin you're training yourself to watch someone even if they're married you're training yourself to watch someone else reveal themselves to the world reveal such an intimate and private and vulnerable act to the world and a man who loves his wife is not going to want that a wife who loves her husband is not going to want that it's so intimate it's so vulnerable it's so damaging and one of the last times that i not one of the last time that I watched porn years ago and I remember it and every time even afterwards that I was tempted I thought back on the last time that I'd watched it and it came from a place of just curiosity at that point it had been like I went through a long spurt of, of not watching it maybe six months or so and I went back to it out of curiosity and just desire I had been so in the habit of of partaking in this for so long and went a long time without it and I went back to it and at the end this was around the time that I was also you remember I wrote a paper on the damages of pornography mm -hmm. in college so I had read all this material I had watched all these videos um I had like my mind was changing not just on a like you know in the bible it says to renew your mind and there's a genuine like not just in the spiritual, spooky, whole, like there's a genuine like reframe how you think about something and think about why you think a certain way about something. So I'd already like done all that. 
and I watch porn. And after, you know, when you're done, it's like, I couldn't even enjoy it. Not fully. Because all I'm thinking about is like how horrible it is, how I'm watching this person. And there's, you know, it's such a vulnerable thing that I shouldn't be watching. And, you know, also the damages that happen to porn stars during and or after they're out of the business. Um, And then I just felt disgusting, like spiritually, naturally, everything. I just could not. And after that, I always thought back on, um, I always thought back on that moment and how it was just, I couldn't unsee the things that I already seen about pornography. I couldn't unlearn the things that I already learned about it. So yeah. And I actually had a dream. Like after that, I had dreams that I had watched porn and I, my mind was so changed. Thank God. Cause again, I was addicted. Like I would watch porn every day. Like it was bad. And my mind was so changed that I had dreams that I would like that I watched porn and it felt real. And I would wake up like, oh, my gosh, like, did I just did I just do that? again? And like it it scared like it shook me a little bit. And even in the dreams, I feel like it was reminders like to not go back because it shook me. So, yeah, I'm talking about conditioning. Um, renewing our mind. Porn is definitely a. um how did they quote it in the book where porn tricks its users to love itself, like the screen itself. Um, it's not used to, I'm leaving less being less attractive to the real thing. And I just love the thrill and the adrenaline in itself. So, um, Definitely recommend staying away from um, porn. Definitely. Um, there's different tactics, obviously, like with, if you're married, um, husbands, for me personally, I think you should be. I know it's tough, but like when I say be transparent with your wife, uh, just because. It's hard to leave this addiction alone and you're doing her a disservice if you're watching on a low, or I'm gonna just keep it a buck with you. Stop watching it. But if you're continuing to watch it, I think you should come clean, even though that could be bad advice too. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. You think it would be bad advice to for a spouse to come clean? Only because, it would hurt. I think it could hurt. Yeah, because I, I just don't wanna use the sermon and definitely pray about it, right? Yeah. Um and see where the Holy Spirit leads you just because um, it definitely can have a chance on ruining your marriage if your wife isn't open to. I wouldn't say ruining. It's a very strong word. Damaging. I said chance. No, it can ruin your marriage. Ruin? Yeah. Marriages have been ruined not just because of porn. Out of transparency. Sometimes. Yeah. Like ruining. Like, cause of, yes. I'm coming like, to you because I want to change. Yeah, like then you just walk away from it. So yeah, like yes, porn. If you're get caught using it, has ruined marriages. But even as you you haven't got caught, but you became clean because you you want to take the steps necessary. Yeah. To um be healed from it, um there's definitely stories of like women taking it as if like that's true, because, like you cheated or something. Exactly, yeah. and I feel like that can be a whole other conversation for another day about you know people considering 
um, porn adultery or not um, between them in a marriage. Mm -hmm. But yeah, women, some, some wives have taken it that heavy of like, wow, I don't know how to move forward. So definitely um, move with discernment and definitely move with the spirit. Um, And, but all I do know is um, what other tips Jesus doesn't want you there. But, um, amen. What other tips would you give to couples on like other ways that they can, you know, I'm a couple who we watch porn to learn and to get other ideas to, um, what is it where you like play a scenario? Role play. Yes. Why couldn't I not think of that for a minute? Um, yeah, like we get ideas to role play or like positions or whatever. So what ideas would you give for a couple to be, you know, to work together on our sex life? I think it's the same idea as being a creative. Um, you may be so, as an artist, Tay, you may be so heavy dependent on Instagram or Pinterest for motivation to draw and all this stuff. And I did find myself with sex being like, I want I want to pull out some crazy moves, right? Like, I have to do more than missionary and doggy is cool, but, like, I got to do some, some, something else. So let's see, like, if there's some new moves and all this stuff. Um, there's definitely healthy ways. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, a position book, like 365 days of things when you're married, not if you're just dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's definitely outside. But outside of that, I feel like, you know, um, like I said, if we want to talk about our sex lives um, at another time, we've definitely found new moves on accident, right? So where I'm drawing a correlation of that and creativity is that you just got to believe in yourself, one. And two, I know it's scary to create without your crutch of motivation, without going on Google and try to find some other artist inspiration. But if you just put the uh, the brush to the canvas Yes, it's still going to be trash when you first do it, but you're eventually you're going to get used to trusting your own mind creativity. That's yeah. how I felt it with music. I felt like like I needed help to write music when in reality for years now, it's just a muscle that I can come up with metaphors on my own. I don't need to listen to other spoken word artists to try to come up with some creative things like it's just going to take time, obviously, because you got used to the crutch of creating mm-hmm. stuff for you so like that's the same with sex where the more it's it's just it's just a muscle it's just yeah. if yeah if you have if you if a husband and wife continue to have sex they're just going to continue to get better obviously with intention i'm not like obviously nothing just doesn't come out of intention you have to be very intentional yeah but yeah being curious in a healthy way within marriage and not curious within internet searches you're going to be very creative if you give yourself the space to be creative. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just adding on to that. Um, as you said, like being intentional and allowing each other, like communicating, I think a huge thing along with, as you said, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with maybe getting a book and it, giving you positions not with real life naked people um but you know giving you different positions and stuff but I also like how you said like just experimenting you know if you're just laying with your spouse and incorporating like play I'm not literally saying just like play around you know but allowing yourself in your relationship to be 
creative and like be willing to explore within yourselves, you know, is, is a great way to go about it. I would just add along to that is like along with discovering is obviously communication. And I think in a way that's not so obvious because some people don't like to talk about sex, even with their spouse. Some people find it awkward or not sexy or whatever, but like we don't live in a movie. We don't live in a porn scene or a romance novel or whatever, where you just, it, it makes it seem like it's just this um, five minute thing, you know, like the man comes up to you and the woman is walking up all seductress like and clothes come off and boom, that's it. And then orgasm, boom, done. Like, that's not how it is necessarily like there is a you can communicate sex can grow like you can have different ways of exploring yourself and your partner together in a way that's healthy and fun and collaborative and like it's a whole nother part of your relationship and it doesn't have to be linear um and that's a good thing you know I think that that is a good and healthy sex life we're coming at it from like even just in marriage very like not that long in marriage discovering it but I think it's been like a huge blessing to be able to talk about it so we've already had like super comfortability with each other from early on but even moments that are like we're still discovering and learning with each other and I think in society sometimes it's really not people don't give each other the space to be comfortable and honest and vulnerable and have fun when it comes to sex it's just supposed to be like you still maintain so much of this ego and of course you want to be attractive and sexy to your partner of course um but like what makes it that you can't also be sexy while also asking questions and also communicating what you like and what you don't like while you're having sex or outside of sex and like in society I just um I saw this commentary on some YouTube channel, I don't know what video it was, but this commentary about like, should you stay with someone if, if the sex is not good? I don't know if that was, if it was the question was that straightforward, but it was something along those lines. And, um, just this back and forth on con and I don't even know how I stumbled upon this. I was like, okay, this seems like it's a waste of my time. Um, and it made me think how superficial people see sex. First of all, should you stay with someone if the sex is bad, I'm personally of the philosophy, like, what do we mean by bad? Because I don't, I don't think I've ever had, like, bad sex. Like, where is bad? What do you mean? I've, if you do, like, I'm not trying to be judgmental when I say that. I'm not trying to come off a certain way. But what I mean by that is, like, the only time I've heard of people, like, even in my circle of people that I know of having, like, bad sex is that it was, like, awkward, which was, like, the first time. You have sex, maybe, you know, or it's awkward. You don't know the person's body yet. They don't know yours. You're discovering, but just bad sex. Like, are you communicating? Are you saying what you like, what you don't like? Are they telling you what they like and what they don't like? That's one. Two, if we're really thinking about sex in a deeper way, it should be between a husband and wife. So that's the context it should be in. So the fact that we're in a such a superficial society where it's like, you should leave someone because of sex 
and sex alone. Does that mean that you should also be with someone because of sex alone? Because that's a whole nother tricky. That's very shallow and very superficial. And in reality, should you divorce someone because you don't like the sex on the first night of your honeymoon? I don't know. Um, so I just said that example. Maybe I'm also just not privy to that experience or whatever. So I, I'm not trying to not be gentle towards that experience. I hope that it can come off encouraging and we can have more conversations on this. But I hope that instead it's come, I can be encouraging, that we can be encouraging, that I'm not trying to like, if you're not having a fulfilling sex life, there's hope, <laughs> like communicate. I, I hope that they didn't come off too harsh no, to me. I think, I think you're good. And we definitely will have a lot more conversations about um, porn and sex. And um, we appreciate those who um, listened. And we hope very much that uh, this brought a lot of attention, a lot of awareness, and more importantly, a lot of healing to those who are struggling. And just know that we're, we're praying for you guys. And um, yeah. We'll catch y'all on the next next episode. Peace. Later. <laughs>